Welcome to the America's Workforce Radio Podcast, the flagship production of the American Workers Radio and Podcast Network, where organized labor and its never-ending fight to protect the rights of the American worker come first. Now, presented by LIUNA, Laborers International Union of North America, here's your host, Ed Flash Ferens. After almost 23 months, we could could see an end to the Warrior Mets strike in Alabama. The Department of Transportation renewing its pitch for freight rail safety. And the reason, well, it's pretty obvious. Today on the show, we check in with the heat and frost insulators and the electrical workers, IBEW Local 153 in Indiana and Michigan. Welcome to the Wednesday, February 22nd edition of America's Workforce, where we are available on at least six platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, and Stitcher. Pete Almini, on behalf of the Heat and Frost Insulators, will be our first guest today. He is the executive director of the Labor Management Trust Mechanical Insulators, LMCT.com. And today we'll get an update on mechanical insulation and the legislation that had to be reintroduced into the new Congress. We talked about this with Pete in the past couple of months, and this would pretty much mandate mechanical insulation in all federal buildings. So we'll get an update there. We're going to spend a whole lot of time today on depression and suicide, and for very good reason. You might have seen the story, I believe it was last week or the week before, where Senator John Fetterman in Pennsylvania announced that he is seeking inpatient care for clinical depression. The uh, senator's announcement was uh, pretty important. Why? Because it helps destigmatize the need to receive health care, sometimes intensive, to deal with mental illness. And I don't know the seriousness or the depth of his depression, but in the construction trades, it's it's quite rampant. It really is. You get an injury, you get involved with uh, painkillers. Sometimes you get hooked on drugs. You get depressed. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And I want to tell you, for almost two years now, the insulators have brought suicide prevention awareness to their members and to the industry altogether. Pete writes that awareness and changing the stigma and changing paradigms within our culture about mental health is so important. You cannot, cannot have a discussion about suicide prevention without a discussion of all inclusions of mental health issues. And that goes from substance abuse, legal and illegal, depression, domestic issues, mental health being... He also points out we live in changing times. Well, it's always been changing, but the rate of change is rapid today. Much of that has to do with technology. Technology and communications has increased so fast in many ways that human interactions and culture has not. That's the problem. And mental health is the collateral damage of our information age. This is going to be a really good discussion. Pete is very, very passionate about this topic, and we'll spend a whole lot of time with it on behalf of the heat and frost insulators. Michael Leda will be joining us later in the show, and he is the business manager, financial secretary of the electrical workers, IBEW 153, IBEW 153.com is your website. 36 years, an IBEW member, 
29 years in the field, seven years in the office, the last four as business manager and financial secretary. We'll talk about uh, the retirement of workers, as you know, especially in the trades. A lot of baby boomers got involved in the trades 30, 40 years ago, and obviously they are retiring, not getting enough replacements right now. And we'll see what they're doing with regard to recruitment of workers and also targeting the non-union contractors to come over to 153. That is a pretty big area. They cover uh, a number of counties in Michigan as well as Indiana. And we'll uh, we'll run down their territory, their membership, and all that good stuff with Michael Leda as our second guest right here on America's Workforce. Now a brief look into the world of labor. This segment brought to you by Boyd Watterson Asset Management, offering fixed income real estate equity investment options to clients nationwide boydwaterson.com cecil roberts president international president of the united mine workers of america has sent a letter to warrior met coal ceo that would be walt scheller announcing that the umwa membership who've been on an unfair labor practice strike at warrior met would return to work at the company's four locations on March 2nd. This is a comment from Cecil. We are entering a new phase of our efforts to win our members and their families the fair and decent contract they need and deserve. We have been locked into this struggle for almost 23 months, and nothing has materially changed. The two sides have essentially fought each other to a draw thus far, despite the company's unlawful bargaining posture the entire time. He went on to say the status quo is not good for our members and their families. The company continues to pay the temporary replacement workers in its mines significant wages and bonuses, up to $2,000 more per month than it has offered to pay our members at the bargaining table. So, If it's going to pay that kind of money, we believe it should be going to Alabama miners and their families, not those coming from out of state. He went on to say the status quo is not good for the company or the shareholders either. As the current workforce it has in the mines cannot match the level of production that our members can. The company's own reports, including the one issued just last week, proves that. They have lost nearly a billion dollars in unrealized revenue over the past 23 months. That's significant. A billion dollars. The letter, known under the legal term as an unconditional offer to return to work, follows federal labor law and would implement the return to work of hundreds of UMWA members while giving the union and the company time to work out a new agreement. Roberts concludes his, uh, his view on this, saying, We have long said that we are ready to get in the same room with Warrior Met leadership and stay there until we have an agreement. Well, so far, the company is not willing to do that. I sincerely hope that Warrior Met leadership will accept this offer, get our members back to work, engage in good faith bargaining, and finally sit down face-to-face with us to resolve this dispute for the betterment of all concerned. This is a bitter pill to swallow. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? 
I mean, almost two years, April 1st, 2021, these miners went on strike and the company is just not budging. They're losing money left and right, but that doesn't matter. They are operated by a Wall Street hedge fund with billions and billions of dollars backing them. The funny thing about this, we just talked about this, I want to say last week, but a number of uh, clergy leaders, faith leaders, sent a letter to Warrior Met saying, you know what, come on, end this madness. This is ridiculous. I don't know if that had some play in uh, what Cecil is doing here, but uh, we'll see what happens. Right now, they would like to go back to work on March 2nd. We'll see the response from the company. The U.S. Department of Transportation will renew its push for freight rail safety as it investigates the cause of that derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, that discharged hazardous chemicals into the air, water, and ground. This comment from Pete Buttigieg, who's our transportation secretary. He said, and I quote, we cannot treat these disasters as inevitable or as the cost of doing business. The Norfolk Southern derailment spilled toxic chemicals. Some of them I can't even pronounce. I mean, the main one was a vinyl chloride. Federal and state officials, fearing that the vinyl chloride tanks would explode, set them afire. And you might have seen that massive plume of thick black smoke in the media. Well, other chemicals seeped into local streams, killing fish, about 3,500 fish died as a result of this that uh, that spill just traveled down into the ohio river some residents evacuated they've been living in hotels and they're still living in hotels until they're convinced their homes are safe now the national transportation safety board is investigating the cause of the derailment the federal railroad administration is also analyzing whether safety violations violations occurred buddha judge is calling for Railroads to offer paid sick leave for workers to opt into a closed call reporting system to protect whistleblowers and to demand that tank car owners phase in the use of safer Department of Transportation tank cars. They call them the 117 tank cars. He would like them to do that by 2025. And he's also urging railroads to provide advanced notification to state emergency response teams when trains carrying hazardous materials traverse their states instead of expecting first responders to look up the information after the accident happens. Now, there were rules and regulations in place, especially during the uh, Obama administration, and then Donald Trump kind of loosened those. And now, in fact, he's going back to the area today to talk to some of the residents. I doubt that conversation will come up about the relaxing of uh, some of the safety regulations and notifying the communities. But nonetheless, politics has entered this phrase, not to be surprised by that. As far as the rail company is concerned, that would be Norfolk Southern. They said that 15,000 pounds of contaminated soil and 1.1 million gallons of contaminated water evacuated from the derailment site will be transported to landfills and disposal facilities designed to, quote, accept it safely in accordance with state and federal regulations. I wonder where they're going to put that landfill. I'm sure a lot of people will be watching on that. 
And uh, they're also talking tough with uh, Norfolk Southern. The uh, federal government said they are going to pay the entire cost of the cleanup. And if they do not pay, they will be charged triple, three times the amount. So we'll see what happens there. I want to take this opportunity. I mentioned this yesterday, and it deserved to be repeated. We got to support the uh, first responders here. And uh, this is a story that has got a lot of legs. We're going to be talking about this train derailment for a long time. But the people that responded, the firefighters, they didn't know what they were walking into. They had no idea there was vinyl chloride. And uh, they need your support. They need your thanks. So uh, the organization We Are Ohio is asking you to share your thanks for the heroes of East Palestine. Info at weareohio.com. Info at weareohio.com is the email. You can also uh, go on Twitter. The hashtag is East Palestine Heroes. Hashtag East Palestine Heroes. You might want to check that out. Um, one more here before we break. Last year, the Department of Labor found that Packers Sanitation Services, Inc., which is a food sanitation services provider, had illegally employed at least 30 children in meatpacking plants across eight states. Well, the department announced on Friday that the true number was over 100, and the company had paid a $1.5 million fine for hiring children to clean dangerous power equipment using hazardous chemicals. The affected children worked at 13 facilities, including plants run by Tyson Foods, JBS Foods, and Cargill, all big companies. Three of the largest, in fact, meat distributors. As the Washington Post reports, child labor violations have been on the rise and the number of children found to be illegally employed in hazardous occupations has almost doubled since 2015. That's a sad commentary of the American labor market. No doubt about that. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Pete Almini on behalf of the Heat and Frost Insulators coming up next. You're listening to America's Workforce with Ed Flash Ferens. It takes Lyuna to build North America's infrastructure. From roads and bridges to schools and skyscrapers, the men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, build the projects we depend on. From constructing the Freedom Tower on the site of the former World Trade Center to untangling Washington, D.C.'s congested interstate, Lyuna members do the work that matters. Find out what it takes to be built by Lyuna at lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. America's Workforce is sponsored in part by Boyd Watterson Asset Management, LLC. Find out more about our investment solutions tailored to meet the needs of Taft-Hartley funds at BoydWatterson.com. This segment of America's Workforce is brought to you by Survey and Ballot Systems. SBS has been providing unions with secure and flexible election options for over 30 years. Visit SurveyAndBallotSystems.com to learn more. Now... Back to Ed Flash Ferrens with America's Workforce. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by the Ohio Federation of Teachers. You can find more at oh.aft.org. Had a really good conversation yesterday with Melissa Cropper, who's president of the OFT. 
And that show is now archived on awfpodcast.com. So if you missed it, go to awfpodcast.com. Right now, let's go to New Jersey and welcome one of our monthly guests. That would be Pete Almini on behalf of the Heat and Frost Insulators Labor Management Trust website again, Mechanical Insulators, LMCT.com. Pete serves as executive director, longtime insulator, got involved in the trades back in the 1980s, still going strong. How's my Jersey guy doing today? Pete Almini? Hey, how you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thanks for joining us once again. <laughs> well, we got some serious issues to uh, to talk about on the show today. I, I talked about it at the beginning of the, of the uh, podcast here, but... Uh, First and foremost, can you give our listeners an update? You and I have had a number of conversations over the last couple of months about the Federal Mechanical Insulation Act, which would essentially kind of bring us up to date. And uh, it, it makes all the sense in the world. But, hey, you know what? You're dealing with Congress. Sometimes these things, <laughs> they, they certainly don't happen easily. There's never a straight line for these issues. Can you uh, fill us in on where we stand with this, Pete? Sure, absolutely. Uh, as we know, we started a new Congress, so that means the bill that we introduced, 9419, uh, last year, uh, has to get reintroduced this year in the 118th Congress. Uh, Linder Sanchez is our lead legislator on this, and uh, she plans on reintroducing it soon. Um, but we want to get a Republican co-signer on this bill. And we're currently right now uh, presenting this and having meetings, several meetings, uh, currently with Republicans getting a lot of favorable support. And we're looking to put this thing together uh, real soon. And we're confident that uh, within a month we're going to be able to have this bill reintroduced and to carry on all of the uh, co-signers that we had before, uh, which was about 25, I think. We had 25 or 26. We're going to have a, a lot more uh, co-signers, and we're looking for the Federal Mechanical Insulation Act to be introduced soon, and we can start working on getting that passed in Congress. It is a it is an arduous task uh, uh, working with Congress, and uh, uh, the good Lord didn't bless me with uh, uh, enough patience sometime, and it's and it's uh, it's a little frustrating to be able to go through the process that has to go through in Congress, but uh, the professional help that we have uh, assures me that we're doing this correct and we're doing it. Uh, uh, properly in a prudent way, and we're trying to make sure we have our T's crossed and I's dotted to make sure that this thing should be solid uh, when it does get introduced. But we're looking to get it in introduced soon, and this is this is something that we need to to have done in our in, in our society and our energy needs. Uh, not enough recognition is given to mechanical insulation, and it's going to be able to help. Uh, conserve energy and also help the environment by having less harmful greenhouse greenhouse gas emissions emitted. And the big selling point it's 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 going to save taxpayers money. We're talking about mechanical insulation in federal buildings. We're all paying 
for those federal buildings because we pay federal tax. So that, to me, is a no-brainer. But again, you're dealing with Congress. And the other part of this conversation, I think we brought this up in the last show or the one before it, there's some in Congress that think this is a union thing. Has that issue come up recently in your discussions, Pete? Oh, yeah. It, it, it comes up constantly. Um, and not even just with uh, uh, Congress uh, people, representatives, and even some, even some commerce, um, some businesses and, and manufacturers. And part of the bill requires, and this is something that is, should be known by everybody that, uh, that's in this industry, on federal projects, it is already a requirement that any construction work is to be done. It is to be done by contract contractors that are involved in a, an apprenticeship program. An apprenticeship program is sponsored by the, and approved by the U S government. And it's their way of ensuring to the taxpayers that quality work is to be done. Now, when they issue the the grants and they issue the money and all of the infrastructure and the and the and the eight over eight hundred billion dollars worth of infrastructure money is going to be spent on these federal projects and it's going to be a requirement that uh, uh, contractors use the apprenticeship program to ensure that we have a proper workforce. Mm-hmm. Some people think, some entities think, well, it's an apprenticeship program. That means it has to be done union. No, that's not what it says. It says you have to have an apprenticeship program. You can have a uh, a marriage shop, a non-union shop, could have an apprenticeship program. They just choose not to because it's going to cost money. Right. Just as healthcare does or a proper retirement plan does a company if they wanted to be able to afford that to their employees and to be able to retain their employees and have quality employees they would do that and there are non-union contractors that do have an apprenticeship program and great for them because they're able to bid now and go after some of this work but there's a there's a stigmatism or a common excuse that because it requires an apprenticeship program they don't want to support the bill because they feel it's a union only bill and it's actually very incorrect and that's a part of the education process that you have to deal with sad but true that is correct yeah that's what's going on all right well keep us posted on that obviously we're on your side on this issue i'll make sure that we can push this legislation forward but it's good to know that you got 25 26 co-sponsors of that we'll see what happens here All right, I want to uh, switch gears a little bit. Uh, I mentioned at the top of the show that you wanted to talk a lot about uh, depression, suicide, mental health issues, and you and I have had this discussion. And it's it's top of mind right now because last week, Senator John Fetterman, who ran a contentious campaign in Pennsylvania and suffered a stroke during that campaign, he announced that he was seeking inpatient care for clinical depression. And that prompted a comment from Liz Shuler, president of the AFL-CIO, she said workers should never feel the stigma that is so often attached to taking care of our mental health. Employers must recognize mental health issues like depression as serious threats, the serious threats that they are to workers' well-being. 
That means granting workers paid time off to get the treatment we need and deserve. And she uh, goes on to say that we'll continue to fight for the health and safety of all workers on the job, including ensuring that working people have access to affordable mental health care services. Very, very important. So, Pete, on behalf of the insulators, I know you've been working for a couple of years now on uh, suicide prevention awareness, mental health awareness. Uh, maybe you can bring us up to speed on, on the campaign and, uh, and where we're going with it. Go ahead. Sure. Uh, it, is, it is good to see that uh, mental health issues are becoming a frontline discussion and more and more people are are at ease talking about it as as i am too Uh, i know five years ago for me to stand up in front of a bunch of uh, uh, people or even speaking at a large event and talking about prevention of suicide uh, i could not do that but the more that we talk about it, the more that I talk about it, and the more it's talked about in mainstream conversation, the easier it's going to be, and rightfully so. This this has been the uh, 800-pound gorilla in the room for a long time that nobody wanted to talk about. Um, But it's getting a lot of uh, publicity. We have uh, celebrities. We have high-level politicians, just as uh, John Fetterman is, that are seeking treatment for uh, mental well-being. Uh, in his particular case, there's, there's depression. There is, um, in other cases, there are a host of, of ailments to go along with it. Um, I first got involved, and it piqued my curiosity when I heard the statistic that um, suicide is the leading cause of deaths of workers in construction. In fact, it is five times, and construction workers are dying five times more than all of job site accidents are combined. And when I when I heard that two years ago, that floored me. Uh, I spent a majority of my professional career in the field of uh, uh, training, uh, apprenticeship and training, safety and health training. And we spent a tremendous amount of time and effort and money uh, teaching people how to be safe on the job site so they can go home to their families every night and and to avoid illness and to avoid um, um, accidents that happen occupationally on the job site to find out that the dying our construction workers are dying more from suicide and mental health than they are with the accidents and it, and it just gave me it was an epiphany for me and ever since then I've, I've been trying to be able to get the word out and uh, as well as other organizations including our uh, fellow building trade uh, trades as well and we're succeeding with that. We are getting the word out. We are bringing it to the intention of our union members, our brothers and sisters, and our contractors. And slowly, uh, methodically, we're starting to make inroads in trying to be able to uh, reduce the stigmatism. It's not, a, it's not a sign of a weakness to be able to ask for help. 
Um, and we have to get that message out there. And we've been dealing with mental illness for a long time. Nobody really wanted to discuss it or to address it. And with, I feel, and there's a lot of, a lot of smarter people than I that are trying to figure this out. I always feel that our technology and our society is increasing so fast is that we as human beings are not able to uh, be able to control it and handle it as much as we would like to. I mean, we have, we have these cell phones, we have computers, we have all of this media outlet. We have increased our ability to communicate 10 times more than we did 20, 30 years ago. But it may be too much communication, and we have to be able to look at ourselves and to make sure that we are able to manage all of this technology at our fingertips. And I do believe that's part of the increase of suicides that we are experiencing in our society today. And when you understand, or at least when you try to understand why are people committing suicide and you go to their root causes, it's, it's never ending. It's like peeling back an onion because every time you find out why someone committing suicide or attempted to, there's, there's some sort of mental health issue that goes along with that. It could be depression. It could be substance abuse, whether it be alcohol, whether it be drugs, whether it be illegal or legal drugs. And then you have to go understand the scenario of why someone becoming dependent upon uh, illegal substances or legal substances. What is, their, what is their depression or what is their need to be able to escape to go to a substance that has to make you feel good? Uh, and there is and there's a, 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 clini- a clinical reason for depression, clinical meaning there is a chemical reason why somebody is depressed. It isn't just feeling sad. It's, it's even more than that. Mm-hmm. And there were there were so many uh, mental issues that we have to deal with to be able to get to the root cause, the root cause, excuse me, of of the actual suicide. Yeah. And and to see this coming out and more people are talking about it. That's the first thing that we have to be able to do is to break down that stigma and and be able to let people know it's OK to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, it's like peeling back the onion. I mean, it's real deep, and you got to keep on going layer by layer to find the root cause of that. All right. We got to take a quick break here, Pete. Pete Almini joining us on behalf of the Heat and Frost Insulators LMCT. That's the Labor Management Trust. We'll uh, continue to talk about this. In fact, the insulators will be rolling out a members assistance program. That's going to happen real soon. We'll pick up on that when we come back later in the show. We're going to go to uh, Michael Leda on behalf of the electrical workers, IBEW Local 153. They represent brothers and sisters in Indiana and Michigan. Back in a few minutes. This is America's Workforce. It takes Lyuna to power North America with affordable energy. The men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, have the skills needed to build and maintain oil, natural gas, nuclear, solar, and wind projects that are shaping America's energy future. From new energy tech to retrofitted facilities, 
Lyuna members do it all. Find out what it takes to be powered by Lyuna at Lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A.org. There is unity and strength for workers. We are the U.S. We are the USW. The United, United Steelworkers. Steel the largest industrial union in North America. We represent 850,000 members in, in the, the U.S., US Canada, Canada, and the, the Caribbean. Caribbean. We work in metals, rubber, chemicals, paper, oil refining, atomic energy, and the service sector. We are steel workers, standing strong and fighting for what's right. The United Auto Workers are one of the largest and most diverse unions in North America, with members in virtually every sector of the economy. Learn more about this proud sponsor of our program at UAW.org. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And remember, you can check us out on at least six platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, and Stitcher. And when you get an opportunity, here's what you do. Just sign up, receive our shows on a regular basis, and give us a rating. We always appreciate those five-star ratings, so please keep them coming. And remember this, too. If you like a show, share that show. Share it with your union. Share it with as many people as you wish because it's important we count the downloads because our sponsors, and we like to grow the show in 2023. More sponsors we get, the more guests we get on, the more content comes to the show. We want to make sure we grow the show in 2023, all that good stuff. So please share the show when you get an opportunity. And you can always go to awfpodcast.com if you miss something. Let's go back to our live line, rejoin Pete Almini. Pete, Executive Director of the Mechanical Insulators, LMCT, that's the Labor Management Trust, talking about clinical depression and suicide, rampant in the construction industry. Figures show about uh, five times as more than the general population, which is sad and needs to be addressed. And Pete is uh, slowly rolling out a, a program that he's been working on for a couple of years here, it's a member's assistance program. And uh, so we're starting to roll it out right now. Can you give us a little specs and maybe a couple of uh, things that some of the components of that program, Pete? Sure, absolutely. Um, previously, what we have done uh, with the Insulators International Union is to provide awareness information to our members and to our contractors. And we've, we've had several ways of getting that information out with individual uh, um, hard hat stickers and wallet cards. There's a whole page uh, dedicated on uh, information on mental health and, and substance abuse and suicide prevention that people can go to download videos. Uh, we've developed uh, toolbox safety meetings for our contractors to utilize on the job site. You know, we talk about fall protection. We talk about ladder safety. We talk about hazard communication. You know, we got to start talking about uh, uh, mental health issues as well. And our contractors are very supportive. And uh, we've been rolling out this, this information, as I was saying before, just to make it part of the conversation and make it part of uh, – uh, mainstream conversation. And that's one of the key things that have to be done to eliminate uh, the stigmatism associated with that. Uh, in our Insulators International Union, we have new leadership uh, spearheaded by our new general president, Terry Larkin. 
and we've had many discussions as far as okay we did we have done the information and when the awareness and we're going to continue to do that but we want to be able to elevate this to a next level and we wanted to be able to actually get professional help uh to people that are going to need it and this is a very slippery slope because again it has to be done right um confidentiality is real important when somebody reaches out for help um because they they feel they may have a, an issue that they need, they need assistance with and that's something that it'll be uh less intimidating if people find out about it so we have to be able to uh, give the member some sort of assistance and the utmost of the confidentiality where it's going to be vitally important. And we've been working on that. We've been looking at different programs. And the insulators were about to embark on, on a, a, a fresh new concept. And we're in the process of rolling this out and developing it. But we have uh, developed a joint venture uh, with two companies, uh, Perspectives and U-Turn. And these are two separate companies that provide assistance to people in the mental health field, except they're a little bit different. And the best way I can describe it is when somebody has to go to the emergency room for immediate care, suppose they have a uh, they hurt their leg. So you go to the emergency room, and the emergency room is going to give initial triage care to that leg. Maybe the leg is broken. So they, uh, they'll uh, clean up the, the injury. They'll set the injury. If they have to, they'll put it into a cast, um, diagnose, fix it, and get that person out of immediate danger with that broken leg. But after the emergency room, now you have to go to a doctor or some sort of rehabilitation to be able to uh, improve that leg and get, you get that leg rehabilitated so the leg can be normal again. Um, it's, not, it's not one-stop shopping. And I think everybody understands that when they go to the emergency room, your, your treatment may not end when you leave that emergency room. You have to continue that on to a physician. Well, sure. And this is the way it's looked at with, with mental health or even suicide. Uh, someone may be down in the dumps and they need immediate help. They need to talk some, they need to talk to somebody right now. And, uh, one of these two companies will, will service that they will give that immediate first aid, if you will, uh, and be able to talk to that person and get that person out of, immediate danger but once that it once that is taken care of then we have to figure out well that person still needs further assistance so that doesn't happen again where they don't get into that desperate need and that's where uh, the other company as perspectives will come into play and they will work with that member and give the member the assistance that they need to get themselves back healthy again um, so they don't get into those dark places where they were before. So this is, this is very unique. We're, we're excited about it. 
it's a it's a brand new adventure. It's actually it's it's even a brand new adventure in the in the mental health world. Is that we're combining two two separate companies and they're going to be working as one. And they're going to be working with us, uh, the International Insulators Union, to be able to provide our members complete coverage where it can it can offer assistance immediately we have uh, hotlines and there's, there's text numbers and there's uh, there's apps that we have and this is this is what's being developed now and we're going to be rolling this out in the next couple of months um, so that our each local union around the country u.s and canada is that the local leadership is going to be fully understanding what are what are all of the uh, nuances of this program? So they're going to get an education on that, and then we're going to be rolling it out to the actual members, and so the members will have access to this. And without without the local union leadership knowing about who's going to be accessing this, the employers are not going to be knowing who's going to be accessing this. This is going to have 100 percent confidentiality for any one of our members that feel that they need some assistance. They're able to call, text, email, almost all the lines of communication to professional people to be able to give them the help that they may need. Pete, for those listening right now, what's the website? I mean, I've been promoting mechanical insulators, lmct.com. The national website for the insulators is insulators.org. Any one of those two websites people should go to and they could pick up on some of this discussion we're having right now? Absolutely. The, The LMCT website, mechanical insulators, lmct.com, um, there's a whole page dedicated just just for mental health and there are videos um <laughs> there's a, there's a several videos on opioids alone and we can do a whole show about about the abuse of opioids and it's it's abuse not just by individuals but also by uh physicians who overprescribe opioids way too much yeah. Um, but this this information about that, this information on on a lot of things that and, and it goes beyond and it goes beyond what normal leadership uh, is supposed to know. And, and I refer back to myself and I, I was the apprentice coordinator. I was the business manager. Um, I'm a youth football coach. And many times I consider myself the old football coach and a lot of my. Uh, cures for element was, you know, spit on it, put mud on it, get back in the game, kid, you'll be fine. <laughs> yep. And obviously some of these issues that have to be dealt with, that type of mentality uh, is not going to work. And, nope. it, and it, it requires more, it requires um, professional assistance. And we're real excited to the fact of, although we have great leaders, our leaders now are going to have access to be able to help their members with professional help and professional people that at least know how to address many of the issues um, that are needed in today's society with our with our people. 
Well, Pete, I know you're very passionate about this issue. I could you just tell in the conversation today, and you've done your homework. All good stuff. Those of you listening right now, you want to get some more information on what we're talking about on the show, Mechanical Insulators, LMCT.com. You take care, my friend. Uh, we will talk to you in a month. I'm sure we'll have plenty more to discuss. Okay, my brother? Yes, sir. Thank you. You got it. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Michael Leda, business manager of IBEW Local 153, is coming up next. This is America's Workforce. More shows available at awfradio.com. It takes Lyuna to keep America running. Over 70,000 public employees are part of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, delivering critical services such as health care and emergency response, as well as maintaining roads and sanitation systems. Even the National Postal Mail Handlers Union, representing over 47,000 U.S. postal workers, is affiliated with Lyuna. Find out what it takes for Lyuna to keep America running at lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A. You're listening to America's Workforce, and this upcoming segment is brought to you by the United Labor Agency. They connect people with employment, 216-666-2185. You can find them online at ulagency.org. Buildings, bridges, skyscrapers, and more. Structures that are the face of our cities and towns were built by members of the Iron Workers Union. That's why it's important that our workforce of over 130,000 iron workers continues to be the safest and best trained in the field. With 154 training centers, we invest over $90 million annually in safety and training. We're growing the next generation of union iron workers. There are so many reasons to put your trust in our iron workers and their employers. Learn more about us at ironworkers.org. Now, back to Ed Flash Ferrance with America's Workforce. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by the North Coast Labor Federation. Let's go to uh, South Bend, Indiana right now. Joining us on line number two is Michael Lita. Michael is business manager, financial secretary for the electrical workers, IBW Local 153, IBW153.com is your website. Michael, 36 years as an electrical worker, 29 years in the field, seven years in the office, last four as business manager, financial secretary, and uh, their territory covers uh, two counties in Michigan and four counties in Indiana. And right now, you're telling me, Michael, about 1,100 members in uh, Local 153. Is that pretty accurate? That's pretty close. We're getting real close to that number. Good, good, good. That's correct. I see you've got quite a history, too. This is all posted on the uh, website. They were chartered back in 1914, so they're coming up to uh, 109 years. And I have to read this one uh, paragraph. Back in 1914... There was very little to encourage a small group of men who started the local. The opposition to unions at the time was very active and bitter. The obstacles seemed to be insurmountable, and many a less hardy soul would have given up in despair. You know, you know Michael, that's pretty relevant to today. You know that. <laughs> it, it is exactly right, because when we go to job sites or talk to people, it's, uh, it's amazing. It's uh, almost those words that you just spoke are still so true today. It's amazing. From 109 years ago. That's that's incredible. Ago. So um, how are we doing? How's the work in, in 153 right now? And it's interesting, too, because you're covering uh, two states, a little 
difference in uh, politics in those two states, but and then that always has an effect on workers. Let's be honest about that. But uh, what's the situation right now? Uh, uh, we have been blessed. We've been extremely busy these last uh, three years. We just uh, the year 2022 ended, and we were just on the verge of 2,000 hours away from two million man hours. So if, wow! If you do the math. That doesn't seem to add up with you because you throw vacations off. So we've been having what we call the guys travelers coming out there to thankfully help us man our work because we've been uh, uh, real good in our work and our progress still looks good coming up in the future. So, Can you be specific as to the projects that your members are working on? Well, we, we, uh, we are just finishing up an Amazon project. Uh, we did a what we call a, a power plant, a gas power plant that uh, was on for two plus years there as well. So. Those are some of the bigger projects we've been working on. But we just, in general, our contractors just have a lot of what we call our bread and butter work, just have been busy. Yeah. How's the, uh, the apprenticeship program going for you? We are busting at our seams. Uh, we, we've been taking in uh, normal years. It had been a couple of things about it. We've been maybe 25 to 30, but the last three, we've been 50 plus, probably close to 60 this year. And it's twofold. One, the, the work is coming around, and then the, the secondary thing is we have uh, 300 members that are age 52 and older. So uh, the next 8 to 10 years, we're going to be seeing uh, a big decline in just a, uh, the membership. So, yeah. Um, I'm hearing that across many trades, and, and that's something that's got to be addressed right away. You can't wait for this to happen. you wait. you got to start right. thinking about this now. So that being said, what do we – I mean, obviously, you're, you're cranking up the apprenticeship programs, but you got to even do more. Um, what's what's the game plan moving forward? Well, uh, well we've actually here in 153, knowing the situation here, we, we brought an extra recruiter on staff here as well. So we have three guys that their job, full-time job, is out recruiting members, just you know, just knowing the situation in the future. So we're mm-hmm. trying to battle through that. And back to part of our previous conversation, you know, you go to a job site and you walk on, and uh, these contractors, they, they ingrain into their workers' heads about union and we don't have no work and you're always going to be out of work. So these members, you know, they're scared. And let's face it, you, you're talking to a stranger and you're asking – that stranger to come take a big leap of faith and, and come work with you, you know, so yeah. it's a hard sell. And, and that's so hard, far from the truth right now, because you got so much work and you, you are working a lot. And, but that, that attitude that, Oh, you're not going to be working year round. It's still persistent in, in so many of the trades. It's, it's very sad, but you're, you're making some progress despite all that being said, Michael. Yes, we are. Yeah, we are making some progress. I mean, it's uh uh, organizing and uh, is like a, a, like farming, right? You plant a seed, and then you you continue to water the seed by stopping by, saying hi, giving information, and as it sprouts up, you you know you you cultivate it, you take care of it, you work with it, and then, and hopefully when it's popped out of the ground and, and realizes what's going on, then then we have an opportunity, and then yeah. we're also seeing. Uh, Maybe not such uh, the younger people, but uh, guys that are starting in their 40s, realizing, wait a minute, I have no retirement set up. You know, and then that, that realization, when we are able to present that information to a person, that really kicks in. Yeah. Because when you start getting around 40, you're thinking, boy, someday I want to retire, and then what do I got to retire on? And that's a big sell, especially in the non-union shops there, because they don't take care 
of their uh, workers like the unions do, you know, pensions and 401ks, annuities and all like and all that good stuff there. Uh, and a lot of the young people don't even realize that part of that, that the, the equation there, do they? When it comes to, you know, if they're young and they're joining, say, 153, right? Right. Well, and let's face it, 30-something years ago, too, when I was young, all I worried about is how much was I getting on the check. I, I, now, yay, I'm glad about the pensions retirement. But back then, all you're worried is about how much money am I going to make? You know, so that that's what's a hard sell because, you know, some of these non-union places, they will pay a little bit more than some of our guys starting out. But then, you know, they don't realize if you have a 401k that deducts off your, uh, you know, your, your hourly rate and then our insurance, like most unions, is free to the members. Again, mm-hmm. if they offer insurance, that comes off their pay. So, you know, we, we got a chart where we work out and like, here's what you make, here's what we make, and uh, compare the two, you know. So yeah. you, even so it, 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 it opens eyes up. But, again, it really starts late 30s and the 40s for sure really opens guys up. But sometimes they're they're a little hardened because of what they heard from their employer through the years. So it, yeah. it takes a while. Yeah, to your point, you got to be weary of the employer. Listen to the people in the field. Listen to those people, and they get a better perspective on that. How are you doing communicating with your members at, at 153? I mean, there's a lot of forms of communication today, especially social media. Is that all working for you? Social media, and, and ironically, uh, we are going to start our, our own podcast as well. We have oh, uh, set up uh, a time this Friday. We're going to do three or four segments and start producing our own podcast because what we've been doing is this, this since the first year, uh, we've been pulling our members of how do you how do you listen to media? Do you, TV, radio stations, podcasts, those type of things, Facebook, all these others, and then you know if so, what do you, you know if it's TV, radio, what stations do you listen to, and all that. So we've been trying to gather that and that data and that information, so we know one to what our members are listening to. So are the people we're trying to organize, but two as well as our members, we can get the message out to them as well. Well, I'll tell you, that's a step in the right direction, my brother. We started this with America's Workforce. It'll be three years in June, and it's exploded nationally. So good move on there. Michael Lita, Business Manager, Financial Secretary, IBW Local 153, based in South Bend, Indiana. You keep us posted on that podcast, and let's uh, let's talk down the road, okay, brother? Oh, certainly. Please do, and, and thank you for your time today as well. Anytime. All right, that's it for another edition of America's Workforce. Tomorrow we check in with Bill Samuel, Government Affairs Director of the Labor Federation and the Cement Masons. Until then, all of you have a safe and wonderful day. That concludes another episode of the America's Workforce radio podcast. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. America's Workforce is a production of Labor Tools and BMA Media Group. Find out more information online at labortools.com.